case you guys haven't noticed over the past couple of years, I'm really, really, really biased towards NXT. But that doesn't mean I'm going to lie to you guys. It doesn't mean I'm going to lie to myself either. We're coming off of a takeover that was questionable into an episode of NXT that was, well, let's talk about it. What's going on, everybody? It's your buddy, it's your pals, Pass Phoenix, the YWC Reality Check, here with your June 15th, 2021 post-takeover in your house NXT review. How we doing? How are you guys doing where you are? How are, how are the uh, ongoing global bastard issues affecting you in your area? Put it down in the box below. Where I am, we are very, very, very slowly, very, very slowly coming out of, of lockdown, out of restrictions, etc. Which means all the people that want to go and do outdoor shit can go and do their outdoor shit. Now, me, what do I like to do? I like to go to wrestling shows, I like to go to theaters, I like to go to bars, I like to gather in full houses with lots of friends, and I can't do that just yet. So, I'm in the stage of COVID recovery where it's like, oh, that's really cool for somebody else, and that's really cool for somebody else. I'm really happy for them. And we'll see how long that optimism lasts. But let's do the house cleaning first, as we always do. Speaking of optimism, speaking of optimistic people, big shout out to my buddy Jake DeMarco. As usual, Jake joined me last week for the TakeOver preview. That was a lot of fun. A little bit out of date now since the TakeOver has actually passed. But we do always end up talking about a couple of other odd issues here and there that don't necessarily apply to the pay-per-view. So if you want to go and check it out, please go do that. We've got lots and lots of uh, notes for different uh, topical videos we're going to do in the future. Also, I do have a couple other topical videos coming up with Guapo as well. As always with uh, my awesome co-hosts, it's just a matter of picking a time, getting together, seeing what time works for everybody, uh, not one or the other of us falling asleep, not one or the other of us having something come up, etc, 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 which goes right into Flix Fix. Now, I had hoped over the course of this past weekend that uh, Kristen and I would be able to sit down and do a review for the first episode of Loki. I, I watched the first episode of Loki. I think it's ridiculous and fun and all the things you would expect from that character. Unfortunately, that didn't happen either. We weren't able to get together. Hopefully, the plan is right now, say it in tight air quotes and, and throw it up into the sky and hope the wishes come back down. What the hell does that even mean? But hopefully, we'll have a review for you guys coming out next week on the first two episodes, which is which is just as good. It's basically the pattern we got into with Falcon and Winter Soldier and WandaVision eventually, was it not? So it's not that different from what you've gotten from us in the past. Now, one thing that did go out over this past weekend, as well as the TakeOver preview, was episode three of NXT Rewind, which was NXT TakeOver Fatal 4-Way. It's, it's an interesting show, kind of like tonight's an interesting show first match is good, last two matches are good, the middle is really, really weird, we got uh, Enzo and the hair versus hair match with the big bucket of hair remover, let's uh, go over there, I think I'm more of a sarcastic asshole in that review than I have been in a while, and considering that's been sitting in the can for a while, that really says something, now, you guys know where to find me or you wouldn't be here, that's how I usually sign off a video, but if you're finding me for the first time and you've seen the pretty sexy face and the gimmick hat, you want to find me in an audio platform instead because you don't think the uh, the face is that sexy or the gimmick hat is that gimmicky, you want to go 
to a podcast platform and search Spaz Phoenix Podcast. If you're listening in the audio world right now and you do, you maybe you're curious about the pretty sexy face and the gimmick hat, go to YouTube and search Spaz Phoenix. Go on Twitter, search Spaz Phoenix and Spaz Phoenix One, also Spaz Phoenix on Instagram. Go to Facebook and look for the Spaz Phoenix Podcast Facebook group. And if you're watching this on YouTube right now, throw a comment down in the box below so that YouTube doesn't yell at me. And while I'm at it, go uh, go check out all my co-hosts. Go check out uh, Guapo at Guapo underscore 504. Go check out Kristen at Black Hat Feeling. Go check out Jake DeMarco at Countdown Ended. Uh, that's about it. Let's talk about this show that is really, really up and down. We started with a video package of the pay-per-view itself. Now, In Your House was a fun show, and, I, and I've and i given NXT a lot of slack, and I've said the in-your-house between last year's and this year's, it's sort of outing itself as a B-show. There's, uh, as Jake and I talked about in the preview, there's things on that show that I forgave because it has a B-pay-per-view feel. Now, I will say, the six-man um, winners-take-all match was a lot of fun. The, uh, the women's the non-title women's match was interesting. Ember Moon going against Raquel Gonzalez was what it was. We didn't think she was going to win, but I didn't think she, we were going to see the return of Shotzi Blackheart so soon, so let's see where that goes. The latter match was, eh, you guys know how I feel about that. And the main event, I will say, while I'm, while I'm with everybody that was like, okay, they didn't really book a story, they just said, let's just throw everybody in. And everybody's really, really critical of Karrion Cross because he's not a, a super indie worker like like a lot of the other guys in that match are. But the way they put that match together, eliminated Cross for several large periods of the match and let the other four super workers give you a super worker match. So in the core of the match, uh, the match was really exciting, really good. A lot of a lot of uh, you know big high spotty type stuff, and it was only let down by the ending because I think people were disappointed that Karrion Cross was uh, was still the champion. Now, it's one of those weird things, we don't really want people to go up to the main roster, but I think Karrion Cross wanted it to be true that people were going up to the main roster so that we could put the belt on somebody else. I predicted in the prediction video that uh, Jake and I did that they were going to put it on Adam Cole because they were going to be going back to live crowds soon, they want a big superstar, and and that didn't happen either. But, I will say, you guys know that I've also been checking out the Impact pay-per-views recently. I'm not watching Impact week-to-week because week Twitch is a pain in the ass. And the week-to-week -week shows are a little weird, I'm not going to lie. But the pay-per-views are relatively okay. The Kenny Omega Moose match that they did in Daly's Place with all the different power players on commentary didn't even feel like it was part of the show, so that was weird. But I will say, in comparison to NXT TakeOver and their five-way, look at the five-way that they had at against all odds. At least NXT's five-way had a finish. I'm sorry, a fatal five-way that ends in a no contest is a bit of bullshit. I'm not, I'm trying to be really nice to Impact because they are, they're, they're doing stuff and I feel bad for them because they still don't have a crowd. They don't even have a fake crowd. The sound, the sound when you're watching Impact is really weird. Although, uh, as I said last week, I do suggest you guys go back to the episode of Impact a couple weeks ago, the Iron Man match between Josh Alexander, X Division, and Destiny, check it off your Spass Phoenix bucket list, champion Josh Alexander versus TJP, was fucking insane. If you can ignore the commentary and if you can ignore the in and out uh, fake crowd noise, go watch it, it's a hell of a match. Um, 
Getting back to the takeover though, uh, we see a video package from the takeover and all the highlights and all that sort of thing, along with William Regal leaving at the end of the night saying there's been too much bedlam, something needs to change, right, right, right. Regal comes out and it's weird right off the bat because he doesn't have any music. He doesn't, you know, that typical ominous Regal music that he's had forever, didn't play. It was just a graphic on the screen that was like a, a Regal NXT logo, which, which, was, which was weird to begin with. But he came out and he was crying, and I thought for a split second that this was going to be some real life shit, like, like you know, break the kayfabe, hey, you guys know me as Roman, but really my name is Joe stuff. And nobody wants, nobody wants a scenario like that. But uh, it says he's been with NXT since the very beginning. He got to announce the first takeover. Hey, cheap plug, go check out the NXT Rewind uh, series, and you can hear what I thought about the first takeover where William Regal was on commentary. Uh, he's watched NXT become a really, really wonderful thing. It became everything that him and Triple H wanted it to be. Every minute that w I didn't spend with my family was spent working on NXT. I've given all I can, and I don't think I can give you guys what you deserve anymore. And before he makes his next announcement, before he tells us what he means, he's cut off by Karrion Cross, who comes out to be an absolute knobhead, which is awesome. We knew this day would come and we needed to see it up close and personal. Are you crying, Mr. Regal? You're pathetic. I told you you'd lost control of this show and now I control this place. I want you to say you're leaving and then do it. He's then cut off by the long-rumored return, least worst kept secret in wrestling over the past week, the return of Samoa Joe. Coming out there in a suit and kind of sarcastically says, you know, looks at Cross, but turns his attention to Regal. Hey, Mr. Regal, I hear you wanted to speak with me. Um, Regal says, well, yeah, but this isn't the time or place. You know, I wanted to talk to you in the back before we, we came out here. Now, that makes me wonder why he came out to make the announcement, if he hadn't yet talked to Joe about what the announcement was going to be. But he basically offers Joe the GM role. And it's 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 kind of cool how they did this. I'm, I'm still working my head around it. You guys know, I watched the show and I basically pop the camera on it and we go. So I'm still absorbing this. I really, I, I think it's a good thing because he, he speaks like really firmly but really respectfully to William Regal. He says, my answer is absolutely not. I'm not going to be the GM. Um, you may feel like you're worn out, but you and, and Hunter and all of them brought this together. Uh, you cast a long shadow and nobody can fill your shoes. I made your life a living hell when you were, when, when I was here the first time around, but I still showed you respect. What I can do is come back to NXT and ensure that that all of the people here now give you that same respect. He basically offers to be, you know, if William Regal stays as GM and doesn't actually leave, he basically offers to be his enforcer, which is kind of cool. And William Regal says, you know, that wasn't what I, that wasn't really what I was thinking, but I, I, I think it's a great idea. Uh, one thing, you can't compete or lay a hand on anybody else unless you're provoked. The famous words in wrestling, unless you're provoked. We know those those stories from back in the day, you know, Attitude Era, New Generation Era, etc., where two people were so fuming at each other that they were banned from touching each other, that they couldn't touch each other until the pay-per-view or one of them would be fired or fined or whatever the case may be. Um, and then ultimately somebody would push the other one and it would blow up and all that kind of thing. But he says, you can't compete on this brand and you can't lay a hand on anybody unless you're provoked. Joe accepts. He tells off Carrie and Cross. He says, why are you still in this ring? Get out of here. TikTok, young champion. And then the entire crowd, na na na, hey, 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 goodbye. Now, speaking of the crowd, first of all, before I get into this, speaking of the crowd, the crowd is great. Now, 
The crowd at the pay-per-view was great. It was cool just to see them, because it was the first time we visually saw them. Every time we see something first, it's good. I mean, people are crapping all over the CWC now because they like to complain. But when, uh, when we went from Full Sail to the CWC, the first night we saw that at a pay-per-view, I can't even... I think it was War Games, was it? Somebody's going to correct me down in the box below. Um, but it's a new thing. It's Feast for the Eyes or whatever, but with other shows getting actual crowds. The the big the big overbearing screens did become a, a bit of an eyesore. So when they expanded out, they allowed more people into the CWC for the pay-per-view. Oh my God! Just the visual of that was so different and so good, whatever. Now, contrast that with the fact that they were really quiet at the pay-per-view and really quiet for most of this show. It's not the best, but having a live crowd in there is going to let them do what they haven't done in a long time, and that's gauge what's actually working. Now, do I trust that they're going to do that on Raw? Do I trust that they're going to do that on SmackDown? Absolutely not. I do trust that they're going to do that on NXT. So even though the crowd was quiet, I'm sorry, as a selfish television viewer, it's still great to see actual living, breathing bodies in the CWC. Now, them giving uh, the na-na hey-hey-hey goodbye to the champion, uh, who's just been undermined by the new authority figure, yeah, people are gonna, people are gonna say what they're gonna say about that, but it's Samoa Joe, and he could kill fools, and it's fine. Um, this is really good. Um, I'm, I'm glad that Joe's back. I'm glad that Joe's back with the WWE, period, because, you know, all the let-goes and all that type of thing, and we don't really need to get into it. But also, I'm glad that he's not just the new GM, because William Regal being gone from the show, I don't think he needs to be as overbearing as he has been the past few months, because he's really driven a lot of the stories. But William Regal being removed completely from the NXT TV show, from the NXT pay-per-views, full stop, would have been a bad plan, because he is such a part of the show that I think it's I think it's fine. I think if he wants to lay out and not be on the show as much, have Joe be his proxy, have Joe be out there with the security guards that have to break up a brawl and sort of organizing from the physical perspective, because obviously William Regal can't do that, I think that's fine. I think you can strike a balance with these guys. And I, honestly, I think it's night one. Um, it offers a lot of different possibilities, and it's still better than Adam Pearce who came to NXT for one night, and I think NXT and the NXT fans collectively told him to fuck off and take his women's champions with him. Did we not? We made our own champions because they can fuck off. Grizzled Young Veterans cut a promo on tonight's Tornado Tag that's going to be the main event. I don't get why they made it the main event. I wouldn't have done it. Moving on. Speaking of tag team matches that I just... This show. This show. I've spoken before to you guys. Not every show on NXT is super exciting. Some of them are building block episodes, or whether you want to say it, moving the chess pieces around the board, you know, having a functional reset, all that kind of thing. A lot of that stuff happened on the show tonight, but there's not a whole lot, other than the Joe stuff, which they got rid of in the first segment, which, again, questionable move, but... There's some stuff on here that I just can't get excited about, and I'm and I'm gonna be brutally honest with you guys. The first match is one of them: Imperium versus Brizango. I don't care. Brizango get the win off a off a quick roll up, and Imperium beat them down after the match, and they lay out the Imperium flag. Now, the flag thing, as has been most recently shown by uh, Anthony Agogo and uh, Cody Rhodes on on Dynamite. The flag thing is a trope that gets a reaction. It gets a great reaction because, you know, flags, countries, nationalism, all, all that kind of thing, patriotism, whatever you want to call it, is fine, but it's overplayed. But they didn't even do that here. They just 
had a super generic Imperium logo. I just, I don't care. I can't, I can't hit this nail over the head anymore. Imperium without Walter is just two boring cutouts wrestling, which really sucks because Fabian Eichner and Marcel Barthel are talented guys. Alexander Wolf just got let go, so that's super fun to think about as well. And Brizango are awesome guys that I want to see working with other awesome guys, but when I just think, when I see them put with Imperium again, because it's been happening so much, I just think, oh, here's two guys that I like that you have decidedly thought we're not going to do anything with them, so we'll just give them this this match again. Not nearly as... Uh, eh, I can speak, I swear. It's very tired in here. NXT made me tired tonight, even though I've had energy drinks. That's... You guys know I love NXT, so for me to be treating it like I am tonight is... is It should say something. The show let me down in a lot of ways tonight. Um, it's not as repetitive as Raw and SmackDown, thank God. But it is just... You know, you might as well have another round of Elias and Jackson Riker. That's where I'm starting to get with Imperium and Brizango. It's it's not great. In the back, we got Kyle and and Adam Cole, or sorry, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole brawling in the back. William Regal decides to break them up because you know all the security's got them broken up and whatever. He throws this thing out to them. Says, oh, you guys are all ready to fight. I'm gonna let you fight. And he says, next week you each come back here and you choose your own opponents. I at this point in the night had mis had misunderstood the instruction here. I thought it was a matter of they were going to come in next week and pick each other's opponents. That's not the case, as we're going to find out later on. But um, Cole jumps over the... You know when they do the pull-apart with the guards, and then one guy sort of jumps over the security guards. Well, Cole does that to get back into the brawl again. Samoa Joe, showing that he is, in fact, going to back up William, uh, Mr. Regal and be his enforcer, grabs Adam Cole, chokes him out on the floor... And says and says to everybody that's around him, when he wakes up, tell him Mr. Regal wants an answer. So, you're going to be the enforcer, but you can't lay your hand on anybody unless they've instigated anything. We've already broken that rule. I'm okay with it. I want to see... I want to see uh, Joe... I want to see Joe fight people. I, I mean, I know there's questions about his, his health and his in-ring... Uh, capacity, eligibility, whatever you want to call it, and obviously I don't want to put anybody in a situation where they're going to get injured, anybody in a situation they shouldn't be in, that's not what I'm aiming for here. I want him to be okay. I want him to be okay so I can see him wrestle again. I'm biased like that. And considering the amount of interactions he has on this show just tonight alone, it just you can't have this many violent re interactions or, you know, suspect interactions or, or, or little setups and not be coming back to the ring at some point. Now, we see a logo flash up on the screen, and it's a battery logo, like on like on your phone, and it's charging from zero to one percent, and then it goes away. When I saw the one percent, for a split second, I thought they were bringing back EC3 because he was the one percenter. Um, I used to love when EC3 was on NXT because I had that cheesy line because his his move was the one percenter as well. So I, I I always used to say, hey, he hits the one percenter by the one percenter for the one, two, three. And that's that's how lame I am. Uh, we go to the back and we just this is where we just start bouncing between like, let's just get these little bits of business done. Escobar talks in the back about getting thrown through the wall by, by Bronson Reed at TakeOver and said, you know, that's what you had to do to beat me. I had my hands on your title for a second and you had to put me through another wall. That's uh, 
you know, we were in the we were in the muddled mess of a six man tag. I want you one on one, and that's going to be your program going forward. Escobar versus Bronson Reed, which is going to be Bronson Reed taking on all of Legado del Fantasma because they're heels and they do that. But I don't mind that in the slightest. I think Escobar and Reed in that six man tag show that they do have a lot of chemistry and. Uh, Escobar can get Bronson Reed up for the Phantom Driver, which is also pretty fucking impressive. You know who else is pretty fucking impressive? Look at that transition. I'm really tired. It's Kushida, and Kushida's open challenge for the uh, for the Cruiserweight Championship. It's answered by All Heart Trey Baxter. I I don't know. Collar and elbow tie up to start. Baxter flips out of a wrist lock. There's a trip and an ankle lock by Kushida. A single leg and it gets reversed by Baxter. A headlock by Baxter. A matrix, a head scissor, and an insiguri. A boot by Kushida. A heel kick and Baxter clips the leg. Suicide dive by Baxter. And Kyle O'Reilly shows up on the ramp. Hmm. <laughs> as we go to commercial break. And NXT, as they say, rolls on, even though it's rolling up a cliff tonight. Uh, armbar by Kushida, Inseguri by Baxter, Atomic Drop by Kushida, Basement Drop Kick, and another Inseguri, followed by a Spin Kick by Baxter. Yes! Both men trade punches. There's a running Spanish Fly by Baxter that was really nice, followed by a 450 Splash. Hoverboard Lock on the top rope turns into a driver from the top rope. Locks him in the Hoverboard Lock once again to get a quick submission. Kushida retains, and Kyle approaches him after the match, he says, I'm not here to answer your open challenge. I just want to fight the best people in NXT. How about we fight next week? And that's good. And that's awesome. And it's been uh, it's been confirmed because Kyle O'Reilly is now going to face Kushida. And spoiler alert, Adam Cole is going to face question mark because it was never it was never fully explained who Adam Cole is going to face. Obviously, being the heel, he's going to wait till the last minute. He's probably going to pick friggin' uh, what's his name? Uh, don't call him Leo Rush, Leon Ruff. Um... But we see how well that worked out for Johnny Gargano, so let's just let's just move on and move on. I don't know why I don't know what uh, Kyle O'Reilly's kayfabe weight is, but I don't know why you wouldn't make it for the cruiserweight championship. That just I don't know. Frankie Monet is backstage, and she says she's gotten such a high reaction from her premiere a couple of weeks ago. She's going to do it again. She's going to encore her premiere next week, which I guess just means she's going to have another match, which is great. And then she has some banter back and forth with uh, Aaliyah and Jesse Camilla, who, you know, they had... Okay, here's another thing I don't understand. Somebody explain it down in the box below. During the kickoff, there was an extra bonus match. It was Robert Stonebrand versus, I don't even remember who, I think it was Zoe Stark and somebody else. But it wasn't part of the pre-show. It was there, it happened, people took pictures of it. We had, uh, I, I mean, uh, what's her name, Beth Phoenix going all Quentin Tarantino and taking pictures of, of uh, Robert Stone's feet, which I don't really understand, but they had a match that was part of the pre-show, that wasn't part of the pre-show, but now they're doing things on the show to reference that. Anyways, Frankie Monet says, hey, I saw your tag team match, everything was going really great, but I don't think you should listen to Robert Stone as much as you do. And then Robert Stone came in and she said, hey, I heard you guys were, you know, you had a great match on the pre-show. I heard, I was just telling the girls, you know, how much they need to listen to you, and if they follow you, you're going to go far. So, is she stealing Robert Stone's clients? Is that the deal? Is the dog going to be the new manager? I really don't know. Uh, we see Mercedes Martinez watching Mei Ling take her out after the match at TakeOver where Xia Li got the win and uh, challenges them all. Challenges Boa, challenges Xia Li again because they're now 1-1, and challenges Mei Ling to get up out of her chair and get her ass kicked, which is nice. 
Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase comes out to celebrate with L.A. Knight and crown him as the champion. L.A. Knight enters in a car, except he doesn't really enter in a car. They just show him arriving and then walking into the building, because that's not the same thing at all. L.A. Knight talks about, you know, being all, all the typical stuff that you have to say when they bring a legend in. I hate to say it like that, but that's just how I feel with this story, guys. Butters him up, tells him, oh, you know, when me and my friends were all you know, pretending to wrestle back in the in the day, we one of us would always pretend to be you, and I had your action figure, and your action figure had that belt around him. It would it would be the high, biggest highlight of my career if you would present me with that belt, and uh, so he takes the belt out. It's really funny to watch him handle the belt. And I know this is a thing. I know this is the thing back then, and it's the thing now as well. The belt doesn't move like a belt because it's not. There's no leather to it. It's just got the interlocking metal pieces, so it looks like an awkward. Prop. I know it's. I know I shouldn't say prop because titles are supposed to mean something. But this isn't a real title, so it's fine. It's like the FTW title. Um, but he pre presents him with the belt, and he says, "Now I've. Now that I've got everything I need, I need to start dropping the things that I don't." And he basically attacks Million Dollar Man as much as you can attack somebody of that age, and beats him up. And predictably, Grimes comes out and makes the save. I, I gave it a little bit of credit because there was nostalgia and there's the nostalgia prop and the, you know nostalgia legend and they put it in a ladder match because the ladder match is always, almost always a free pass and I know some people are into Grimes sometimes and I really want to be into LA Knight but I'm not but it gets no more free passes from me I don't give a shit about any of this this was a waste of a time this was a waste of a segment and I don't want I don't want any of it I don't want them to now have to canonize the million dollar championship because that's just no Kai and Gonzalez are in the back they've got they've got an interview going on they talk shit about everybody they talk about they talk shit about Moon who lost at the pay-per-view they talk shit to Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell saying hey keep those belts warm we're gonna try and get them back because my little friend Dakota Kai wants a belt and I can't have enough titles and then they talk shit about Catanzaro and Carter who are gonna be their opponents tonight and then coming back from the commercial break we see the battery logo again the battery logo is now at 10, 11%. Now, you see Kai and Gonzalez are making their way to the ring for their match, and they have a shouting match with Moon and Shotzi, and Regal's there, and Joe is there, and they're just watching it, and I hate that this is becoming a thing. Now, it's all good to do the brawl, the pull apart with Kyle and, and Adam Cole earlier on in the night. But I'm sorry, Samoa Joe isn't going to tackle and take down Dakota Kai in a choke. So this was pointless. This was this was an offshoot uh, for what happens with Regal and Joe for the rest of the night. But what I will say is, match of the night, uh, we haven't seen Catanzaro and Carter in a while. There's lots of varying speculation online as to why Catanzaro hasn't been there. Uh, you know, how, how dare she visit her friends and such. Yes, I know the ongoing global bastard is a thing, and I'm still trying to get out of lockdown. It's fine. I'm not going to hate people because they see people, and they're entertaining me, so fuck it. I don't care. Kai and Gonzalez, after that miserable, grumpy... I'm... I'm in some kind of mood tonight. I'm sorry, guys, but this is just how I feel. But this is absolutely the match of the night. And this match, even though it doesn't go in their favor, is a coming out party for the team of Catanzaro and Carter. Uh, okay, so let's get into the notes that I can't read because they're written very sloppily and it's it's fine. 
Uh, Carter and Kai start with the collar and double tie. Carter works the arm. There's a double kick by the faces, a tandem trip and a drop kick combo by the faces. Headlock by Carter, a double choke and a toss in the corner by Gonzalez. Octopus stretch by Carter, a trip by Catanzaro and a boot by Carter. They do the silly string, you know, like the other guys do in the other company, except they do it better because their silly string slingshots into a head scissor uh, onto what the hell's her name? Raquel Gonzalez, obviously, because the whole story is these two tiny girls fighting another tiny girl and a giant. Short, short, eh, short head scissor by Catanzaro onto Kai. Didn't need any assistance because she's the same height, etc. Uh, top rope crossbody on both of the heels by Carter to the outside as we go to commercial break. Backbreaker by Gonzalez as we come back. A haluva kick by Kai. A corner splash by Gonzalez and a hangman by Catanzaro. Kai eats the apron on the outside. There's rolling elbows by Carter. Super kick by Carter. A boot. A scorpion kick by Kai. A boot by Carter. And a slam by Gonzalez out of mid-air, which is always good. It is always good, even though I like the team of uh, Catanzaro and Carter, and they do the high-flying stuff, and they do it well. It really is cool when you see a high-flying person do all their high-flying stuff, and see one big person just reach up into the air and bring them back down to the ground. It's always a good spot. Gory special into a code breaker by the heels was really cool. Boot by Carter, a trip and a double-team splash. Catanzaro, head scissors, Gonzalez face first into sort of where the apron meets the steps. That sort of, like outward angle thing. I don't know. I'm not even going to try. Neckbreaker, uh, 450 splash combination by the faces. Gonzalez tosses Carter into the rail on the outside. GTK on Catanzaro in the ring. Kai and Gonzalez get the win. Catanzaro and Carter, considering they're going up against a giant, and that giant happens to be the champion at the moment, looked really good. And I will say this right now. I know I've been, I've been beating this drum for a while now because I'm a really big fan of this team. But if you don't get them directly into the title pitcher soon... You, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it all wrong. It's not the move. Because I know Kai and Gonzalez want to get back into the tag team title picture as well. But guess what? They're heels and the way are heels. And Tegan Knox is coming back soon. She's going to be on the bump tomorrow if that means anything. And I think that's going to expedite the breakup of Gonzalez and Kai because we need to see Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai get back together as an awesome heel team and then they can push that division forward. We go to the battery again. The battery's up to 21%, which is awesome. We see a promo for the Great American Bash, which is happening Tuesday, July 6th. And the first match announced for that card is Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole 3. And I think the way they sold this was kind of cool because they went for the hardcore matches and the no-DQ matches first. Now let's bring it back to what NXT is, and you're going to have a regular match. It's going to have regular rules and... I think it's just it's just going to be good. It's it's not hot shotting a match to get a big match onto a takeover or whatever. It's just they're doing an elevated episode. Now I will say, this is where we used to say in the Wednesday Night War, oh well, they're just hot shotting a match to win the ratings war. Uh, let's see, Dynamite, whose ratings are in like what is it the uh, the four hundred thousand range, and they're not being opposed by NXT, so. <laughs> have four back-to-back -back pay per view level episodes of dynamite <laughs> so let just let just let that be just let that be what it is Io Shirai comes out to the ring and basically gets three words out or three sentences out she says I'm back I'm feeling good and I'm here to say my next target is she gets cut off by the ways music Candice LeRae comes out and says a lot has a lot has changed in the time that you've been gone you're not the unbeatable champion anymore you need to start at the bottom and one thing that hasn't changed is I still can't stand you Indy Hartwell shows up from behind she's got the uh, the belt hits her they uh, they double team uh, she manages to break out of the double team for a little bit she does end up getting 
playing a 619 on Indy, but the numbers game eventually catches up with her. They're about to do a big elbow drop from the turnbuckle to the commentator's table when the save is made by Zoe Stark. And the faces stand tall, and I'm sure that'll be a tag, tag team match somewhere down the line. I... And I don't care what you guys think about this, I really don't. I would have thought it would have been really cool to bring Io Shirai back in a mentor-type role, mentor-tag-team-type role, uh, and teamed her up with Saray, because Shirai and Saray going against The Way, yes, I, I get it, it rhymes, it's fine, uh, at the Great American Bash, or even the next TakeOver, would have been really, really good. Because in the little bit of time that we've seen Saray, I really like her, and I, I don't necessarily think she needs to win the titles right away, but to put her in there with Shirai, who's established and a, and a, and a singles champion, going up against Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell, who don't have that going for either one of them, would have been an interesting dynamic. Now, I will say, the next takeover, I thought, would have been a takeover in a big building. Apparently it's not. Apparently, after the day after... And this is all rumor and innuendo. I don't have any of this confirmed. I don't have magical sources or anything like that. What I have heard is that because SummerSlam is on a Saturday and they're putting it in that big 72,000-seater arena in, in Vegas, the next night, the Sunday night, is going to be a takeover. The takeover is going to be in the CWC. That's going to be a bit of a letdown, is it not? If that's true, and if we're getting another pay-per-view that soon... I would say, save this tag match that I'm talking about right now, build it later on, build it closer to SummerSlam so you can put it on that card. If that's not true and we're not getting a takeover for a while, hotshot this match, put it on the Great American Bash, and it'll be it'll be great. Even if they don't win the titles, which I'm pretty sure they wouldn't, it would be a great spot for Saray. Io Shirai could, could give her the rub of being her partner, and Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell will do a, a great job of making her look like a million bucks as their opponent. Um, that's not happening, though. None of that is happening right now. The uh, the uh, existing respect story between Io Shirai and Zoe Stark is is still manifesting itself, and that's fine. We get a video package for the Diamond Mine, and the Diamond Mine opens next week, and isn't that wonderful? I I sure 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 sure. I don't I don't even know. I don't even have. Nope. This is the last page of notes. This is this is what this show has done to me, guys. Uh, Diamond Mine opens next week. The way. Uh, they sent Mackenzie Mitchell to talk to William Regal and Samoa Joe. The first time, the feed actually cut, so I'm pretty sure that was an editing error. Second time, they're back in William Regal's office, and they're trying to interview him, but the way he come in, it's just Gargano in theory, and they're cheering, Joe, 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 um, you know, trying to suck up to him straight away, and he tells them to get the fuck out, and then, doesn't say a word, Pete Dunne comes in and squares up to Samoa Joe. Now, again... Again, I will say, I would love a comedy match where Samoa Joe just destroys Johnny Gargano, because Gargano's good at that. I would love a match between Adam Cole and Samoa Joe, based on what we saw earlier tonight. But, if you are going to put Samoa Joe and Pete Dunne face-to-face -face on my television screen, and then not let Joe wrestle at all, fuck off. <laughs> Give me that match. Samoa Joe, being the wrecking ball that he is, versus Pete Dunne just, just breaking his limbs and whatever. You need to think about something like the Koji Clutch, where you need to have a clutch, a grip. There's such a good story there. And if they're teasing that and not going to give it to us, then, then they can fuck all the way off. And the main event is Ciampa and Thatcher versus the Grizzled Young Veterans in a tornado tag. And I didn't take notes for this match, guys. I'm not going to lie. Because... Unlike the tag team match that I saw earlier that I didn't really want to talk about because I don't care because Imperium make me want to turn away from my TV, paint the wall, and watch the watch the wall dry, these guys are great. I, I love 
I love the Brazilian Young Veterans. I love them in NXT UK. I love them here. Um, what's his name? Zach Gibson on the microphone is great. We didn't get to hear that tonight because he was cut off and they started brawling ahead of time. Champa and Thatcher have morphed into this really weirdly entertaining, violent team. But what do you really want me to say here? These, you know what to expect from these guys. These guys beat the ever-loving shit out of each other. There was a lot of good tandem offense, obviously from Grizzled Young Veterans, but also from the new team of, of Thatcher and Champa. Grizzled Young Veterans did that that thing that they do on the outside, where it's he gets them up in the doomsday position, but instead of just coming off the top turnbuckle, it's a doomsday suicide dive combination, and that's and that's really good. They um, they got James Drake um, with the what is it the uh, fairy tale ending and then because it's a tornado tag and they can both be in there at the same time it was an arm bar ankle lock combination submission that would have pulled them in two different directions if they had decided to do that great match but i i just it's it's a certain point of the whole show like i say it was very functional but at the same time not very exciting and we've already seen one tag team match tonight where in a negative way i'm saying what do you want me to say about this, guys? So this is good. This was a lot of fun. Like I say, uh, I'm going to steal the big E phrase. It was, you know, four big, tough, hard-nosed guys slapping all the meat. Um, and it was a lot of fun, but it doesn't... It, it, you're not going to get any more out of the description from me if I give you a breakdown the way I, the way I typically do, because it's not it's not the way. Anyways, uh, Tomas Champa and uh, Timothy Thatcher get the win. I'm assuming this makes them the number one contenders for MSK's tag team titles. MSK, by the way, were in the hallway eating popcorn as Thatcher and Champa were going on their way to the ring, and they just gave him dirty looks, and then Thatcher came back and stole a box of popcorn. So he's trying to have a little bit of banter while he's playing the big tough guy, and all that kind of thing. We cut to the parking lot, and Mackenzie Mitchell is asking Samoa Joe and William Regal one more time, you know, how, how, how do you think tonight went after being so unsure last night and whatever. Um, Regal basically says, here's to a great first night. Samoa Joe says, yeah, here's to one of many, and we roll away. Now, the way they shot this was weird because Regal got into his car, and we followed his car. As, as it was leaving the parking lot. So I was like, oh, fuck, are we going to do, like, an automobile accident angle? We didn't do that. It was just it was just a long fade-out that lasted a bit too long and was shot a bit weird. But it led you to believe that, oh, somebody was going to come and sideswipe his car. That didn't happen. So there's stuff happening. And here's... I'm, I'm struggling, and I want you guys to tell me down in the box below if you're struggling as much as I am. Um, maybe some of you just didn't watch tonight because you were so disheartened by the pay-per-view. I don't know. Um... There is stuff happening, and that's and that's the best I can say. We're moving the pieces around the chessboard a little bit. We're getting Cole and O'Reilly one more time. Pete Dunne is setting his sights on other things. Gargano, Gargano and Theory need to get themselves into the tag team picture as well because MSK versus the MSK versus the Way was how I predicted the Dusty Classic going, and we didn't get that, and that was really sad. Um, next week we've got some some stuff. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I wish I I wish I could be more excited. This is where I usually say, "Hey, look, you know, next week's gonna be awesome." We got Hit Row taking on Everrise, uh, because at some point on the show that I didn't write down, Everrise was cutting a promo about how they had made like a mini in your house set and. Hit Row had like busted it and they put it back together and it was all upside down and the doorbell was on the roof and they talked their usual shit. You know, you want to take a swing? I don't. I, Fucking, I don't know. They're going to get destroyed by Hit Row next week. That's cool. We're going to get Kyle O'Reilly versus Kushida, which is probably going to be the highlight of the night. And we're getting Cole versus somebody. 
Um, we're getting the diamond mine, whatever the hell that is, and we might find out what the battery logo is, even though at the, at the last check, the last time we saw it on this show tonight, it was at 21%. So, 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 if it's at 21% after one night, are we going to have to wait four or five weeks for this battery to charge? Jesus Christ. I, I wish I was leaving this on a better note, guys. This, uh, this wasn't quite it. I will say, go check out the women's tag match. Cotton Zaro and Carter are awesome. The open challenge, the uh, Trey Baxter versus uh, making his debut against Kushida is, is worth a watch as well. You want to see some of the Samoa Joe stuff because it was really good, but you, you're really picking the bits and pieces. Everything else was just, okay, we've come off a of pay-per-view. We're doing new building block type of stuff. And the Samoa Joe thing should be the headline, but the headline is, I'm meh at the end of this show anyways and you know it must be bad because I'm super biased against NXT and NXT pays me under the table and I'm you know all ki all kinds of weird and rude things that people come up with on Twitter so if I'm saying it was meh most of the other people on Twitter probably said it was shit let's be real anyways let's hope for a better week next week and until then I've been Spaz your YWC reality chick subscribe up there talk down there start a conversation keep all these conversations going don't be a stranger I will talk to each and every last one of you later but for right now I'm tagging out hey at least I'm honest bye guys <laughs>